This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Living water that brings a dead to life. Oh, oh, we're going down to the river. Welcome back to Crosswalk. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Hope that you're doing well. Thanks so much for listening. Today, I've got a good friend in with me, uh, serves at Rocky Mountain Calvary, but also serves as a realtor here in Colorado Springs, Jared Bryant. So, Jared, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Eric. How's your day going? My day's going good. Good. I wanted to have Jared on the show uh, for two purposes. One, to talk about real estate. I mean, this is a local show for Colorado Springs in Southern Colorado. We're definitely going to do that. But then also, more importantly, to talk about Christ in the Marketplace, how do we serve the Lord in our places of work right where he has uh, planted us? So, so Jared, tell us a little bit of your background. How long have you been in the Springs? How did you end up a realtor? Sure. I've been in real estate here for about a year, uh, so not a super long time, but I've been in Colorado Springs since about 2014. I uh, moved here with my family, actually, to do some work at a company here in town called Outreach. Uh, and uh, yeah, worked worked there for about seven years, uh, put in a fair amount of time there doing sales as well as uh, doing leadership and operationals, uh, different things like that. And uh, yeah, and, I, and I've always kind of thought about getting into real estate, several places that I've been. And it seems like uh, my wife, you know, wasn't a super big fan of the schedule of real estate and the idea of, you know, working when other people were working and not working when other people were not working. You know, it's, it's like you have to be available as a realtor right. uh, to be able to work with people when they're available, right? And uh, But, you know, over the course of the years, as we talked about it, it seemed like it might be something worth uh, pursuing. And uh, yeah, last year we took a look at it and d- decided to move forward with that. That's awesome. How's it been for you? It's been really good, actually. Yeah, it was a, it was a slow start. It was definitely a leap of faith. Uh, to go from a regular job to being a real estate agent where it's, uh, you know, you're really dependent upon your success on whether or not you're going to make any money and pay your bills. And uh, it's definitely a faith walk to be able to do that. And it took some time to be able to ramp up the business, but it's going really well this year. That's great. Well, I'd love to just talk about a few things in our real estate market. I've uh, lived here for a long time, like 22 years. The last couple of years, I've never seen anything like it. Just seems like it's really difficult to find a house what kind of questions are you getting when your family and friends talk to you about the real estate market? What what kind of questions are they asking you? You know, most of the time people are trying to figure out if they can afford to own a home. A lot of people don't realize that it's uh, very possible for them to own a home, but they need to be able to take the right steps to be able to make that happen. And so a lot of times the questions I get is, can I afford to own a home? You know, can I really do that? And I've got great lenders that I work with here in town, uh, local lenders that can help people kind of walk through uh, evaluating their finances and what kind of choices they're currently making and what choices they might have to make differently if they're going to be able to afford a home. But it's definitely quite possible to be able to afford a place to live that call, you can call your own. And uh, it's definitely a worthwhile investment for sure. It seems like it'd be pretty intimidating in the market right now to be a first time home buyer. I'm hearing stories that people are getting outbid and there's bidding wars. And so it takes a bit of courage to enter into this process to find a realtor, find a lender, start looking at houses, maybe get your hopes up, get disappointed, and then hopefully something works out. It's definitely a journey for sure. 
uh, I usually get people connected with a lender and find out what they can afford and kind of talk through with them kind of where they want to be and what their life goals are to be able to start pursuing the thought of owning their own home. And, you know, I remind people often that the Lord knows where they're going to live. You know, at the yeah. end of the day, we we don't know at the beginning of the journey where they're going to end up, right? But uh, but we have a commitment to just pursuing it until we find the place that the Lord has for them, and uh, God already knows what that place is, and so we just try to walk that out in faith. And so I spend a lot of time, you know, praying for people through the process and just trying to encourage them because it is discouraging. I mean, when you're out there and you're looking at a home and you're trying to, uh, you know, put an offer in on it, and maybe you get beat by things that you can't control or that you can't overcome, it's very easy to get discouraged and. I think, you know, I, I try to remind people that you got to keep the main thing, the main thing, right? You got to pursue the things that you feel like the Lord's calling you to pursue. And if it's owning a home and we're going to push forward in that direction and God knows where they're going to be, that when things come our way that we get discouraged or frustrated, I just encourage people, you know, not to make their next decisions out of fear or out of discouragement, but out of faith, you know, and out of joy to where the Lord's leading them and, uh, that we're going to get to the we're going to get to the ending point eventually. Yeah, you know I think that I'm a pretty even killed guy. But the two times that we bought a house, you know, when we were first married, we bought our first home. Then a little later on, we bought our second home that we're still in. It was hugely emotional for me and a little bit hard for me to keep perspective through the the journey. It was more difficult than I thought it would be. Absolutely, it, it's stressful for sure. For sure, yeah, and I. I really find a lot of joy and satisfaction in coming alongside of people in that process. Um, I was just working with a young couple the other day, first time home buyers, and uh, they decided that they wanted to kind of put their search on pause because they've been outbid several times and they're just you know frustrated. They're looking forward to getting married and uh, so many different things are happening in their life and they wanted to kind of uh, you know put put a pause on their search, you know and. And I, I really kind of wanted to walk through that with them, you know, why that was and what kind of the strategy was for that, if they were trying to save money or get in a different financial position. Because uh, it was really important to me that they weren't making the decision to stop looking based on fear or based on discouragement. Because I don't think God is a God of fear or, mm-hmm. you know, God of discouragement. I think, yeah. uh, you know, when God's leading you somewhere, you have to be faithful and you have to take steps toward what God's providing, you know. And, uh, and it's I just love coming alongside of people during those times and during those transitions from one house to another house or from renting to a house and really just try to encourage them in that process. I think it's good always to dig deeper into our motivation. Absolutely. And is it fear? Is it discouragement? You know, is it trust uh, in the Lord? You know, is it a financial decision? Is it a financial decision coupled with this is where we're going to be living? It's in a, it's a daily uh, thing uh, for sure. One of the things I've been kind of just pondering is how come there's such a low inventory of homes in Colorado Springs? It seems like there's way more buyers uh, than are than there are houses for sale. And it might be something that's happening nationally, but it's definitely happening here in the Springs. Any ideas on that? You know, I couldn't tell you for sure why there's not enough homes in Colorado Springs yeah. for the number of buyers. It's definitely frustrating for buyers, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, people will say there's low inventory and the reality is there's not low inventory. I mean, you look around here, there's houses everywhere. Houses are going up everywhere. Neighborhoods are everywhere. Uh, but the reality is people aren't putting their homes up for sale, right? Yeah. Um, and more people need to put their homes up for sale if people are going to be able to uh, come in and buy them. You know, And I think that uh, there's a lot of factors that come into play with that, but we're certainly in a scenario right now where uh, there's definitely not enough inventory to justify the number of buyers that are out there that want to get into the game for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say either, and it's hard to get into the hearts and minds of, of people. 
uh, being a homeowner, and I know you are too, there's this idea, man, if, if I put my house on the market, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find something else. Sure, you know? yeah, where are you going to go? And it's not really worth the effort to try to go through that process. It almost seems like people have just kind of locked down and decided, hey, this isn't a, a good time to sell, but definitely a low inventory for sure. For sure, yeah. And I think that people are concerned, uh, especially like with interest rates and things like that going up. You know, they really thought that maybe it was going to change the market. You can read headlines all over the place of, you know, people feeling like they're not going to be uh, able to buy a house because the interest rates are going up and maybe the market's going to do something, you know, crash or course correct. Uh, But the reality is, even with the interest rates on the rise, with the inventory that we have in place right now, it's half the buyers could pack their bags and go home and there still wouldn't be enough inventory to justify the number of buyers that do want to buy a home right now. So, you know, they're just not seeing that kind of correction like they, you know, people have been saying kind of in the headlines. So do you think even with rising interest rates that prices will still stay high in Colorado Springs or property values will hold? I do think property values are going to hold for sure. I mean, in the last couple of years, we've seen upwards of 20% equity growth, you know, on homes, you know, so it's been huge. Uh, but based on any studies that I've looked at so far with lenders that I work with here in town, it doesn't seem like the equity is going to drop into below double digits uh, growth. So if people are even seeing a 10% return on their house, you know, that's definitely a big win for them and, you know, a good opportunity for them to be able to get into the market. And uh, yeah, it's definitely a worthwhile investment for sure. Awesome. Well, you're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary and Jared Bryant, a local realtor. Please stay with us, and we're going to be right back after this break. have reached down and wiped our tears away, stepped in and saved the day. But once again, I say amen. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Hope that you're doing well. Thanks so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Today I have Jared Bryant with me. He is a realtor in town. We're talking about the local real estate market here in Colorado Springs, but also we want to launch into how to serve Christ in the marketplace. You know, Jared, I've really experienced that a lot of people feel like if I'm not a full-time pastor or work at a nonprofit, then I'm not in the ministry when we know biblically that the ministry is all uh, around us. Is that something you've wrestled with in, in your life? Uh, you know, just how do you find purpose in the midst of what some would say is a secular job, which I think is the wrong way to describe it? Absolutely. Yeah, I've definitely experienced that in my life. I spent uh, a fair amount of my life working for a ministry oriented company uh, in the earlier part of my career. And uh, at the same time, I was volunteering at church, you know, leading worship and uh, doing other various different types of uh, roles in the church. And, um, you know, I I spent a fair amount of time doing that. There was a time in my life where I really felt like the Lord was calling me into vocational ministry. I thought for sure that uh, that's what he had for me. And, um, you know, I pursued some different things and they didn't quite work out the way that I planned. You know, it obviously wasn't what the Lord was trying to do in my life. And um, it, was, it was definitely a discouraging time for me. Uh, but I, you know, continued to, you know, pursue the things that I was doing in sales and in in my job. Uh, I then ended up moving, uh, from Washington state to North Carolina. And, uh, again, coast to coast, coast to coast. There you go. My wife, you know, is from North Carolina and she always wanted to move back there. And so it was a good transition for us to be able to get back there. And, 
I think that, uh, you know, I experienced similarly there where I was pursuing ministry, but I, you know, needed to be in the workplace. And uh, I moved from working for a faith-based organization to working for a corporate organization, AT&T Advertising Solutions with yellowpages.com. And, um, you know, it was fun to be able to use my skills in that in that uh, environment, in sales uh, and in leadership. But, you know, it was, it was definitely still, uh, while I could volunteer doing ministry, I wasn't really able to manage my schedule the way that I, you know, really loved. And I felt like I was spending a lot more time, uh, you know, working than I was, you know, doing the ministry that I love to do. And, uh, and that was a real, it was a real struggle for me. And after, you know, several years working there, I ended up actually, uh, coming across a position here in Colorado Springs, which brought me here in 2014. And, um, again, working for a faith-based organization, I, I was excited to be back in that faith-based space, kind of feeling like, um, somehow that was going to kind of scratch the itch of this, you know, ministry that I wanted to be doing. And, and I put in seven years, you know, at at an organization here in town that I really, you know, enjoyed, I feel like was doing good work and, uh, got the opportunity to be able to lead people there and also got the opportunity to be able to volunteer, uh, in local churches, especially in worship ministry here in town. And, uh, but then as I moved into, uh, this real estate business, right. It's been amazing to me how, even in this position where I'm not at a faith-based organization, you know, I work for Remax Advantage here in town and, um, you know, Remax is a large national brand and, uh, you know, it's not a faith-based organization, but because I have the ability to run my own business, I get to make those decisions about how I'm going to live my life and how I'm going to manage my business. And, uh, there's a lot of good opportunities there, uh, to do, be able to do ministry in the context of that. Awesome. Have you had some good opportunities to love on people as, as a realtor? Has it surprised you how much, ministry opportunities there's been inside of that position? Absolutely. Yeah. It's been awesome. I I never imagined how much ministry opportunity there would be inside of the real estate business. Uh, if you think about it, you know, a lot of times people think about buying and selling a home. Every time someone buys and sells a home, it has to do with some kind of transition in their life, right? That's right. Yeah. And to be able to come alongside people during those transitions and support them and remind them about what's important uh, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there for ministry. I think, you know, a lot of times too, we think about people buying a house in joyful circumstances, you know, like maybe they just got married or they're, you know, bought their first house and they've been renting for a long time, or maybe they just had a baby. Uh, but a lot of times the reality is these transitions, uh, a lot of times are from divorce, you know, or they're from death yeah. or some sort of sickness, or I need to, you know, my get, bring my folks in to live with us because their health is failing or, you know, someone got cancer. There's, there's just so many horrible things that happen in life that cause a transition that would force you to buy or sell a home. And to be able to come alongside those people and remind them of what's important, pray for them, serve them certainly in the process of the business of real estate. Uh, But if you're paying attention uh, in this business, there is so much ministry opportunity. And really for me, like having had a vision in my life previously for vocational ministry and being able to pastor people and come alongside them and shepherd them. The reality is in this real estate business, you don't have to run your business this way, but I run my business this way is that I'm just watching for opportunities to shepherd people and to pastor them in the process and to be able to bring them from point A to point B in a way that's consistent with what God has for them in their life and the ability to pray for them and help them navigate those transitions uh, is really something that I never would have imagined would have been possible. One of the things I think that we forget is that Jesus was a carpenter Amen. and Paul was a tent maker there you go. to provide his needs. He built tents. We look back into the Old Testament. 
Joseph was a slave. Mm-hmm. Daniel was taken captive. They weren't pastors. You know, they weren't in vocational ministry uh, like that we think of it uh, as of today. And they were doing exactly as what you're saying. I'm living my life, working, looking for these opportunities. Is it ever difficult for you to take that opportunity? Maybe you, you see that opportunities there to stop and listen or pray for somebody or to share your faith with them. And do you, do you kind of have this, oh man, this is my my job, my workplace. I'm not sure if I should enter into that. I think most of us, like when we're in church, this is where we talk about Jesus. But unfortunately, when we get outside of the church, especially in our work forum, it's difficult to have those conversations. You know, I would say that I found it more difficult uh, to have those conversations when I was working for an employer. Okay. Um, I think that I find that it's a lot easier now working for myself. Um, you know, while I while I'm under the brokerage of Remax Advantage, I have my own business, Bryant Homes Colorado, mm-hmm. and uh, and I work for myself. You know, so no one's really telling me what I can or can't do when it comes to uh, connecting with people. And if I want to talk about faith and if I want to pray for people, then, uh, you know, I can feel free to go right ahead, on ahead and do that, you know? And so there's some great opportunities there, uh, just being self-employed and being able to make those decisions yourself. Um, not only in just the day to day, uh, interactions with people, but even in the ability to support local ministries, uh, here as well, like our, our ministry, our, our business at Bryant Homes, Colorado, uh, you know, we, um, we support our local church at Rocky Mountain Calvary. We support uh, Terebinth Ministries in Uganda. I mm-hmm. really love what they're doing over there with their school for pastors and widows. And uh, even just this business as a mission aspect of what they're doing speaks volumes to me as a business guy uh, to see them uh, you know, putting the things in place to be able to sustain their ministry through business and agriculture and, and different things like that is a huge win. And to be able to support things like that is definitely uh, a big win for, for, for me and my family and my business. Uh, we also have a local ministry here in town called Stages that mm-hmm. uh, is run by a good buddy of mine, Pete Heinegger, that we support here in town that is coming alongside of families that uh, are going through cancer. You know, wow. and, and they, you know, they're either going through cancer themselves or they have family members that are going through cancer and they're providing an environment for people to be able to connect and develop community and remind people of the hope that they have uh, and the joy that they can have in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, regardless of the circumstances that are going on in their life and give them an opportunity to be real in the context of battling cancer, but also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- have the opportunity to really be able to uh, come alongside each other, remind each other of what's important, just like I like to do in my business. Uh, for people that are struggling through cancer, you know? And so there's just awesome opportunities uh, owning your own business to be able to invest in things like that, um, as well as just run your business on the day-to-day, just interacting with people and reminding them of what's important. You know, that's one of the things that I think that we forget about work. You know, there is a, a biblical theology of work, and one of the reasons that God calls us to work is to provide for the needs of our family, but also to have the opportunity to give, to give to those who are in need. So whether you're a business owner or you're working for someone else, that provides means and funds to be able to to reach out, to bless, to give as the Spirit leads you to, to be that uh, cheerful uh, giver. I also think of the book of Acts where it says, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, so you shall be my witnesses. It doesn't necessarily say go witnessing, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's being a witness wherever we're at, in our families, in our workplace, to live out that witness of Christ. We're going to head to a break. Stay right with us on 100.7 The Word. You would have reached down and wiped our tears away, stepped in and saved the day. 
But once again, I say amen. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk with Pastor Eric Cartier. Really enjoying my conversation today with Jared Bryant, a realtor here in the city. Hope that you're doing well. Maybe you're having that late afternoon cup of coffee or having a Coke or driving down the road. But thanks for listening in with us on this conversation. We're talking about Christ in the marketplace, even more so than than real estate and serving the Lord right where we're at, which I know can uh, be difficult to really be a witness in our family, our neighborhood, our workplace. I think of this through the lens of a pastor. You know, God has placed believers throughout this city strategically in neighborhoods, apartments, workplaces, families, soccer fields, basketball courts, so that we can be a witness of Jesus Christ. What an exciting time to be a believer. I think there's a lot of people that haven't heard the gospel or don't know uh, who uh, Christ is. Jared, do you mind sharing a couple of testimonies of our experiences of how you've seen God work in your time as as a realtor? Sure. Yeah. I I just had one uh, the other the other day actually where a gentleman was a referral to me from uh another guy that I know that goes to our church and uh you know he he come came to me and he said, you know, hey, I need to sell my house. Uh this market is crazy. He had already gone under contract on a new build property somewhere and uh he had to get his house listed for sale and he needed to do it right away, you know, and uh so we had to really like put a lot of pieces in place in order to make that happen and um, it was fun for him because he was moving on to a new place. He was uh, going through some things with his marriage and, you know, looking for a new start and go, doing some marriage counseling. And uh, it was awesome to be able to come alongside of him uh, with the skills and competency that I have in the real estate market to serve him in that way. Uh, but probably one of the most fun things about it was just praying for him in his driveway, you know, yeah. and just saying, hey, man, you know, the Lord's going to work this out. We're going to get this done and and make it happen. And um, and and it's, you know, just praying for him and his marriage and his new start and uh, just grateful to be able to be a part of that process, you know. And I remember we prayed together and, uh, you know, we signed our paperwork to list that property for sale. And uh, we, we had to list it that weekend and, and we had to sell uh, in about two days. You know, wow. and in this market, it's possible to do that. Uh, but it was a whirlwind of activity to be able to get all the things in place to be able to make that happen. Yeah. And, uh, and I remember he called me uh, the day before it was needing to get sold. And he was like, hey, man, uh, you know, I don't know if this is going to work. You know, I, I just don't know if this is going to happen. And if we can't get this place under contract by tomorrow, this whole deal is going to fall through. I'm going to have to pull my house off the market and we're yeah. not going to buy this new house. And, um, and I just want you to know that, I'm, you know, I'm okay with that. And he, he, I could just tell he was just so discouraged, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I was able to come alongside of him and say, Hey man, uh, we have until tomorrow to get this done. Right. Yeah. And uh, what we need to do is we need to seek the Lord and we need to have a little faith that it's yeah. going to get done. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. And, uh, sure enough, you know, that night I was out at a meeting and, uh, we had some contracts come in we had some negotiating back and forth and we were able to get his house under contract for sale. And, uh, you know, it's closing here, uh, in a couple of weeks and, He's going to be able to move into that new property. And it's just awesome to be able to come alongside of people during that time. And even to stretch my own faith uh, and being able to tell someone, you know, that the Lord's going to come through and the Lord's going to be able to provide for them to be able to get where they're going and, and to encourage them to have faith in that builds my faith uh, to pray through that. And then to see the Lord come through and, and to be able to kind of meet people right where they're at. You know, several years ago, we were buying a Honda Odyssey off of Craigslist. And I know you're a Honda minivan guy as well. 
And we met this guy up in Denver and ended up buying his van. It was kind of emotional for him and his family because his son was going off to college, didn't need the minivan anymore. But before we left, he's like, hey, can I pray for you guys? And he just prayed God's blessing over us and prayed God's blessing over that van that it would continue to run. And it was so cool to do a business transaction and have somebody bring the Lord into it and say, hey, can we pray right now? So I know that had to mean a ton to that client that you were serving, that you took the time to pray with them and point them to the Lord. And for our listeners, that's something that we can all do as, Absolutely. The, as the Lord leads. You know, prayer's not just for the four walls of the church or for the four walls of our home, but it's so powerful when we pray with people. Uh, they don't expect it. You know, it's been a very few times in my life that someone's turned me down on prayer. Agreed. You know, when you say, hey, sincerely, when you're like, hey, can I pray with you? Most of the time they say yes, you know. I find, too, that a lot of times people that you think, uh, you know, you associate them with the church, or you associate them with being spiritual, and, and you think that people probably pray for them all the time or people probably reach out to them all the time. But the reality is they don't. You know, and, and just to be able to come alongside of someone and pray for them, oftentimes that's an experience that they haven't probably experienced that week or maybe yeah. that month or maybe that year, you that's know, true. and so to really take the initiative to be able to say, Hey, can I pray for you? It doesn't even have to be for a specific ask, but just, you know, praying truth over someone's life and praying for God's, you know, provision and his protection for them and for them to reminding them of what's important and what's true and who they are in Christ, you know, uh, you know, we just don't get that that often, you know, and I think all of us that are listening could, could attest to the fact that, you know, if someone prayed for us and prayed those things over us, you know, that we would really appreciate it. You know, it's just like we were talking the other day at the men's retreat, um, about how the, uh, apostle Paul, you know, he said that he's was confident that the Lord was going to complete the good work that he had begun in these people's lives, you That's know? Right. And, yeah. And I had shared with those guys, like, wouldn't you love to get a text from somebody to say, Hey, I'm just reminding you yeah. that the Lord's going to be faithful to complete the work that he started in your life. You know, there's, there's just so many opportunities to be able to come alongside people and encourage them in this life that you can miss. If you're not looking for them, you have to be intentional to look for them. That's right. I think it really comes down to a mindset. You know, when we go to work or to the gym or to our kids flag football game and we're others focused, like how are they doing? Mm -hmm. We're probably going to find somebody that's discouraged or stressed or has a need and to take the time to listen, to pray, to maybe help out. Absolutely. But it's so easy for me to be totally self-absorbed and everything that's going on in my life to, to miss the opportunity. Cause a lot of times you know, there is the work that needs to be done, but there's a greater objective. Like I want to do this wholeheartedly unto the Lord so that I can have the opportunity to talk to someone about Christ or encourage them to to be that that witness. But being intentional, I know there's been so many times where I have kicked myself because I've missed an opportunity. It's just passed me right by. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be for people that are discouraged or hurting either. You know, I mean, there's point. plenty of discouraged and hurting people out there, no doubt. We should certainly look to, look for them and come alongside of them. But sometimes, you know, you might just have joy with someone who has joy. Celebrate mm. with someone who's celebrating. That's right. You know, remind them where their, uh, where their provision came from, like, mm-hmm. and, and help to encourage them along the way of what God's doing in their life and just, just encourage them amongst the joy of life. You know, yeah. I think that uh, sometimes we miss the opportunity to do that too. Yeah, the Bible says to weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. Absolutely. Sometimes we're more prone to find the person in discouragement, but also to come alongside someone who's in a season of joy and rejoice and give them a high five and isn't isn't God good and and to be Absolutely. able to celebrate with them in, in that way. That, that's awesome. 
You know, Jared, I would imagine as a realtor, there's lots of stress. There's lots of ups and downs. There's unpredictable hours. So let's kind of unpack that a little bit and start first with the stress. How, how do you deal with the stress? You know, somebody else is stressed out, your client's stressed out, all these different situations that come up. How, how are you able to manage the stress of, of being a realtor? Sure. I definitely try to remind myself uh, where my strength comes from, right? Mm, and remind remind myself that I need to be filled with the Spirit in, in order to be able to live this life the way God wants me to live it, you know? And I think I have to reset my own mind so that I'm not tempted to go down the rabbit trail of being stressed and being worried and frustrated. Because like you said, most of the time, the people on the other side of the equa- equation uh, are stressed. You know, it's it's hard. It's an emotional time. There's a lot of factors to consider. And just to be able to come alongside of them and remain calm and continue to speak truth throughout the process uh, is definitely something that I feel like is a big part of my job. Um, also, just being able to communicate clearly uh, about what's happening and what to expect and uh, begin to like foresee what is going to happen so that I can cast a vision for what's possible uh, whether it's positive or negative, right? And help set the stage for that and help people pre- prepare themselves uh, for what their reaction's going to be, uh, whether it's going to be positive news or whether it's going to be negative news. Uh, you definitely don't have time, especially in the market that we're in right now, uh, to really um, be spending a lot of time being discouraged or frustrated about what just happened, right? You kind of have to get back in the game and hustle. So yeah, there's definitely a lot to do there. Sounds good. We're going to head to a break, and we'll be right back. Stay with us on 100.7 The Word. I can't count the times I've called your name some broken night. And you showed up and patched me up like you do every time. I get amnesia. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk Colorado Springs with Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Just remember that this radio show turns into a podcast, so if you miss a show or you want to go back and listen to an archive, search Crosswalk Colorado Springs on any of the platforms that you find your podcast. Also, please help us spread the word about the podcast. Today, Jared Bryant is with me, a local realtor in town, also serves on our worship team at Rocky Mountain Calvary. And we've been talking about Christ in the workplace, the importance of uh, serving the Lord in the workplace and dealing with stress. I mean, who has stress at work? And (laughs) Jared was uh, sharing with us just about the reset of his own mind that he has to go through. And and now we're going to tackle a little bit of discouragement. You know, I'm sure there's times where client gets outbid and discouragement can can come in or it's like, oh man, it's, it's Sunday afternoon and I need to go show this person a house. And we had this planned with, with the family. Uh, how do you handle, you know, discouragement that you, you face and deal with? For sure. So I would say, uh, definitely I am a big, uh, fan of trying to manage your emotional energy. Okay. Um, you know, I think that the way I think about a lot of times and the way that I've trained salespeople in my past uh, work experience is that, 
you know, when you only have so much emotional energy for the day, you know, I I think of it kind of like a pitcher of water, you know, and, uh, and you pour some out you got to pour a little out and and eventually you're empty. And I find that a lot of times there's not a lot of refills. Right. Uh, So, uh, being able to manage, uh, manage your emotional, emotional energy, not to get too frustrated about something that's frustrating and Mm -hmm. not to get too excited about something that's exciting either is definitely a skill and something that you really have to manage. Uh, in any workplace, right? In, in any in any relationships and any type of transactional type of, of work. And I would say that, you know, I don't get the opportunity as much without having employees to be able to talk about that uh, with my clients, but I do try to manage my own, right? And yeah. I, I try to figure out, you know, before I go into a conversation with someone, um, you know, what's my mindset? Where am I at? You know, how am I, how am I speaking life into these people uh, and not uh, taking them down a rabbit trail, right? There's plenty of things in life uh, in real in the real estate market to be frustrated about. You know, like you, some of the ones you mentioned. You know, getting outbid. You know, thinking that you're right on the edge of working a deal and communicating really well back and forth with another agent, and uh, you know, then it just doesn't come together. You know, or right. you know, sometimes you're working with an agent, and um, you know, maybe they're not super competent, right? And mm-hmm. and some people make some mistakes, and you, deals fall through, and it's frustrating. You know, and, it, and it's enough to make you angry. You know, and uh, you have to be able to manage that. You have to be able to kind of walk through those things. And, um, you know, I try to deal with my buyers and, and sellers uh, in a way that demonstrates being competent, uh, but also in a way that demonstrates that I care. Right. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you run into people that they're really competent, but maybe they don't care, you know, or, right. or they really care about you, but they might just not be that competent. Right. Yeah. You know, and so Need the to, balance to yeah. balance it. Exactly. And so I really, you know, take ownership of the fact that I know I need to be competent in my work and the ability to get my job done and use the skills that God's helped me to develop over the years to be able to uh, conduct business. But, um, but also with a spirit of caring for people, because I love people, you don't have to yeah. spend much time with me to know that, uh, I love people. I love being around them. I love seeing them for who they're becoming and, yeah. uh, being a part of that process. Now, I think that that's a really important balance of being in that place of being caring and competent. And when we get discouraged, I feel like both suffer. You yeah, know, like absolutely. if I'm walking around in discouragement, it affects my ability to be competent and it affects my ability to to care. And what you shared there just a few moments ago of managing your emotional energy, being sober-minded, like, okay, I'm not going to get too much on the highs, too much on the lows. I think that's a huge witness in the workplace because, you know, if people don't have Christ as their Savior, they're just rolling the roller coaster of their emotions and, and of life. And, and for us to be able to be balanced with the truth of who God is, and he's got a plan, he's sovereign, he's, he's in control, and that to come across in our, in our attitude. If there's a problem going on, I don't want to be a problem to add to the problem. It's like, okay, let's look for solutions. But that also really does take the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Absolutely. You, you mentioned remembering where your strength uh, come, comes from, and if we're not doing it in the power of the Spirit— uh, we're going to fall short uh, every, every time. But th- those are great, great uh, advice and pointers. You know, Jared, if uh, people want to connect with you, you know, how do they do that? Where do they find you? Sure. So they could find me on my website at bryanthomescolorado.com uh, or on Facebook. My page is Bryant Homes Colorado as well. Um, that would be a great place to be able to reach out to me. Uh, or they can give me a call. My number is 719 425 nine, six, five, one. And I'd love to connect with anybody that's interested in talking about real estate. Uh, I often say I always have time for you for coffee and for any of your referrals. Yeah, that's awesome. And we've been talking today about the importance of Christ in the marketplace. I've never seen in my lifetime, 
the things that are happening culturally, it's crazy. There's, there's a lot of hostility. There's a lot of confusion. But when it's dark, there's the opportunity for the light to shine all the brighter. Amen. Most people at your workplace probably know that you're a Christian. They're watching us more than we may realize. And to, to see our work as an opportunity to be an ambassador for Christ, it's not separate from the ministry, but it is the ministry. We're all called into full-time ministry. And I love the saying that says, bloom where you're planted. Amen. And a lot of times we want another opportunity. We want a, a different job. A lot of times everybody's like, I wish I could work at the church. You know, in reality, it's, it's probably more difficult than you would imagine, but man, bloom where you're planted. As you listen to this radio show or podcast, I think Jared and I would both encourage you, you know, see your job as a calling and ministry from the Lord and take those opportunities to shine the light bright. Absolutely. Yeah, sounds good. Well, you've been listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Eric Cartier. Remember, this show does uh, turn into a podcast, and so you can find that at Crosswalk Colorado Springs, Crosswalk Colorado Springs, or go to the Word, uh, their website, 100.7, and find it uh, as well. A lot of times we'll be taking your questions, so be thinking about your questions about the Bible and things that are going on in your life. And and Jared, thanks so much uh, for coming in. Any Any closing thoughts, anything you'd like to leave us with? No, just thanks so much for having me on the show, Eric. And uh, yeah, just love, definitely appreciate you. And uh, don't miss an opportunity is what I just would say to the listeners. Don't miss an opportunity to be encouragement to someone around you and uh, to pay attention with the things that the Lord puts in your path. That's a word, good word. Don't miss the opportunities that God has placed uh, in front of you. I think in Ephesians, it tells us to redeem the time, take advantage of the time, buy the, the time back. I'm sure everyone has noticed like once the time is gone, you can't get it back. My oldest daughter this month, she's graduating high school. I've been doing a lot of reflecting. You know, where's the time gone from when she was born to now she's 18 years old and launching in, into life. And that opportunity to listen, to pray with someone, to share the gospel, to encourage them, to bring out of them the good things that you see in their life that, that God is doing. Once that opportunity is gone, we, we can't get that uh, opportunity uh, back. And so also think of what Paul told us in Romans 1, that he's not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation. We live in a culture that's not ashamed about their agenda, not ashamed about what they believe. So for us as believers— uh, to not be ashamed uh, of the gospel because it's the power of God. Think about that person in your life that shared the gospel with you. Maybe it was a coworker, a family member, or, or a friend, and we get to be that uh, for uh, someone else. Also, if you're looking for a home church, I'd like to invite you to Rocky Mountain Calvary. We've got services Wednesday night at 6, Saturday at 6, and then Sunday at 9 and 11. We're going through the book of Romans, studying it verse by verse and chapter by chapter. We'd love to have you join us. Uh, if you don't come to Rocky Mountain Calvary, that's great, but I would encourage you, if you don't have a church home, make sure to plug into one. We've got a lot of awesome uh, churches in the city. I know Jared gets the opportunity to sh- serve at a lot of uh, churches around the city. A lot of the pastors are good friends of mine, but God wants to call you into fellowship. He wants to use your gifts inside of the local body, as well as use your gifts in uh, the marketplace. You can Listen to Crosswalk Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays from 5 to 6. So please join us. A lot of times we'll have opportunity for you to be able to share your questions. So prepare those uh, questions uh, for us. And as you head into your day, do your commute, go home to be with your family. Just remember that you're loved by the Lord. We have the spirit of adoption as believers, not the spirit of fear. 
And with that spirit of adoption comes forgiveness and acceptance. There's no condemnation in Christ. You're his son. You're his daughter. So be encouraged. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with you next time on 100.7 The Word.